Well, hey, church. Hey, hey. These are friends. It's family out there. That is family. That is our, yeah, I see twins out there right now. Twins of mine. I'm lying. <laughs> I was like, what? I married into his family, so I don't know who's out there. I'll put this uh, phone out here. Okay. You good? You ready to do this? Let's do this. That's what I said when we got married. You ready to do this? I said yes. <laughs> hey, church, it's, it's such an honor and a privilege and a joy to be with you guys tonight. Um, we, we jokingly open with that, but we really do feel like this is our family. This is our community. This is where we've uh, raised our kids. And uh, this is where my wife has raised me, basically. And... Uh, we call this home, and it means a lot that you guys are here worshiping with us. And uh, my voice is kind of weak, not because I was leading worship this morning, because those of you who don't know me, my name is Clinton, and I'm the worship pastor here. Uh, and this is my wife, Portia. Uh, my wife is not, my, my, my voice is not hoarse because of this morning. My voice is, is almost gone because of how powerful the worship was tonight. I was like, oh, man, I'll just come, and I'll just, I'll just like not sing, right. really. And then I was screaming my little heart out over here. <laughs> with this worship team. So thanks a lot, Andrew. I still can't talk now. Uh, <laughs> but hey, I wanted to, um, I wanted to give honor where honor is due. Yeah, get that together for I got me. You. I wanted to give honor where honor is due and I just wanted to say, uh, I just want to give a shout out to our lead pastors, Rob and Becca Ketterling for the vision uh, over this house they've had. I want to give a shout out to Pastor Anthony um, who's suffering in Australia right now uh, for giving us this opportunity. He's such an incredible advocate and uh, pastor and mentor to us. Yeah. Uh, the investments he made in us is incredible and we uh, owe a huge grat- uh, debt of gratitude to him. So I want to send a shout out to him. He'll be listening to this. And uh, Pastor, I love you. And uh, you're the greatest pastor of all time. <laughs> I keep my job, you know what I'm saying? It's good. Job security. I appreciate that. We got three kids. It's good. <laughs> but hey, we're, we're going to hang out with you. Uh, I always like to say to you guys, our family, when, we, when Portia and I get this opportunity, that hey, we're just going to hang out and we invite you into a conversation in our little living room where everybody's got an LED wall in their living Absolutely. room, right? So this is what it is. And uh, we're just excited to be hanging out with you tonight. Sure. So we are finishing out the Christmas Joy series that we have been doing the last few weeks, but I need to know how many of you have already taken down your Christmas tree and decorations? Don't be shy. Let me see. Yes. I feel like that there were more and stop that. (laughs) Confession. The year that Shepard was born, he's our three-year-old. Y'all, our tree was up to like March. And I would love to say it was because we were holding that Christmas spirit and joy near to our hearts. But I was tired because we had the baby and then his brothers and I was, and it was pretty and it just, I finally just did it when he was at work one day because I knew if he was home, it would never, ever happen. But um, if your stuff is up until like February, March, April, just tie it into Easter. Christmas and Easter go hand in hand. There's no judgment. Use it as an opportunity to minister to people that come to your house. There you go. That's- I would leave it up all year round if my wife would let me. Um, like I was even bummed when we drove up. I'm totally off subject right now. I was bummed when I drove up this morning, Pastor Sean, and the lights were turned off on the building. It's like, this ain't my church. What happened to this? But- <laughs> I was pretty salty about it. Anyway. It's okay. Why don't you pray so you cannot be salty? <laughs> um, yeah, we want to encourage you tonight to, uh, as we've been, we, as Portia mentioned, we get to close out 
we get the privilege of closing out this incredible Christmas series on joy. And uh, we've already heard incredible words. I don't know if you were here, any of you were here this morning, but we've heard, this is not like lip service, this is very genuine. We heard incredibly powerful and poignant words from uh, our associate pastor, Sean Rail at the Nine. Um, Drake, our youth pastor, crushed it at the 11 Mm -hmm. o'clock service tonight. So we got incredible shoes to fill. Absolutely. Um, But we feel like we have a word that we felt God gave us that is for everybody in the room, including ourselves. And so, yeah, we're going to pray and get started and ask God to be with us. So God, we ask right now that you would be with us, that you'd be in the room. We count it as such a privilege, honor, joy, and opportunity to point people to Jesus and to talk about Jesus and to lift up the name of Jesus. That's what we're about here at this campus and at this church, and we make no qualms or apologies about it. And so I pray that this word that we feel like you've implanted in us um, would be embedded in our spirits by the end of the night, that we would be able to talk about joy in all seasons, and that you would bless our time together tonight. And we believe and agree on this prayer. And everybody said amen. 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 So some few factoids for you, y'all. Factoid. <clears throat> Jesus probably wasn't born on December 25th. I know, I know, I know. Don't freak out. He still came. He still was born. This is what happened. Back in the early, 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 early church history, around the third century, church leaders thought, we want to celebrate the birth of our Savior. How are we going to make this agreeable with the culture that we're in. So they looked around to see what holidays were already taking place. They were pagan holidays. And they decided, we think that it'll be easier for people to accept celebrating that Jesus was born if we just add it in to what's already taking place. This is the bottom line. There is a place in our calendar every year where we stop and we reflect on the fact that Jesus came in the flesh to walk and be among us. And so that's why we celebrate Christmas. I hope you win some trivia contests at some point. I also hope that if anybody ever throws at you, Jesus wasn't even born on December 25th. It doesn't change the fact that he came. History has proven over and over and over again that he was a real man that walked this earth. We can even go to the place where he was born. Hello, it's real. That'll win you some trivia. Remember me when you do. <laughs> that's, that's, that's all That's all I'm saying. Um, but. We love Christmas. How many of you just love Christmas? The lights, the songs, it almost is not even Christmas until I hear, for me, Charlie Brown Christmas music, right? What's Christmas really all about? Linus comes and saves the day. Mine is uh, Carol of the Bells, Mm Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Yeah. They were here last night. Did anybody go? It's it's okay. Um, They come every year to Minneapolis. Maybe one year I'll take you. But um, their Christmas music, I hope that if you were in town, you were able to attend a Christmas Eve service at River Valley Church. My favorite part of the service is when we bring the lights down and everybody lights the candles and we're singing a hymn. Here at Crosstown, um, Maddie Michelson sang, Oh Holy Night. Y'all, it was like heaven invaded this space. For some of you, it's hearing the songs. For some of you, it might be something that you eat. It might be something that you put on. It might be the fact that you are actually burning your fireplace with wood if you have a wood burning fireplace. Otherwise, that doesn't work really well. Um, There are things that just bring about all these wonderful feelings of joy and happiness. And then there also might be other feelings that come at the Christmas season. And we want to talk to you at the difference between joy and happiness. Joy is a source of cause of great delight, which is, spoiler alert, Jesus. Mm -hmm. 
Happiness is external. It's based on situations, events, people, places, things, and thoughts. Did my kids get up on time? Were they nice to me? Did we get to church on time? I'm happy. They didn't get up when I asked them to. They fought with each other. They argued back with me. We did not get to church on time. I'm not happy. I might fake happy, but I'm not happy that that happened. But what I have regardless, what I can have regardless is joy. You, the, the point here is that you can be joyful in all seasons. It's good. We can be joyful in all seasons. Uh, being joyful in all seasons does not diminish, though, I think this is important. It does not diminish the sorrow and the grief that often comes as a result of just life yeah. circumstances. Yeah. Uh, sometimes life deals us a, a bad hand. Sometimes we have uh, situations that steal or rob us of our joy. It could be a broken relationship. It could be a divorce. It could be um, addictions, as Marty and Connie mentioned. It could be uh, financial hardships. It could be winter. Uh, it could be uh, darkness. Uh, seriously, so, you know, some of us struggle with seasonal depression and that sometimes isn't coming on the weather. And, it, it, you know, suicidal thoughts and loss of a loved one. Um, we got to um, one of our favorite services, oddly enough, one of our favorite services around River Valley and Crosstown in particular is this service that we just had a few days ago called Empty Chair Service. And it's simply a service where we get to minister in a very unique and different way in the sense that we invite people to come that are grieving the loss of a loved one, whether it be a miscarriage, uh, whether it be a loss of a grandparent or a spouse or whatever the case may be. Whatever you're grieving in this season, in the holiday season in particular, where you are uh, uh, grieving the loss and, and seeing in a literal empty chair, it's a time where we get to, in a healthy, hopefully in a healthy and safe environment, just grieve and to process that. And uh, those are just life circumstances that are thrown at us in uh, low times of our life. It's some of the things, the curveballs that life throws at us. But the incredible thing is that we can still sustain our joy. Amen. We can still have joy in these situations. Uh, I think of an example, uh, a friend of ours by the name of Jeff. Jeff is a pastor, started a church plant with his wife some time ago, some years ago. Uh, he and his wife had five, they have five beautiful children. Um, Jeff came to be with us, our staff, and came to give us an update on life and the church and what was going on. And backstory, deep backstory for Jeff and his wife, um, she lost the battle on this side of eternity to cancer. And so uh, it was some time ago in this, this earlier in the year. But he came again and he shared with us an update on what, what's going on in his life personally, how he's doing, how, how the church is doing. And um, it was so inspiring to me. Um, it was so inspiring and encouraging to me, Jeff's never wavering yeah. joy yeah. and dependence on the spirit of God. Yeah. And uh, it was just, again, it was awe-inspiring because here's a man who's gone through trial and serious situation and heartbreak uh, and the loss of his, his life partner, his friend, his uh, co-leader in the church that they led together. And uh, to see him, I'm sure he has sucky days where he doesn't want to wake up. 
But to see Jeff give us that report of, man, I'm still standing. I'm still waking up the next day. I'm still get the honor and the privilege to train and lead these incredible kids that we have together and to lead this incredible body of believers, this church that's standing strong with us. It's only because of the joy that I find in Jesus. Yeah. It's not us. That's, he can't will himself to wake up right. the next day. Yeah. It's only supernatural because joy is supernatural. And, and, and an, a, uh, an example like Jeff, to me, exemplifies an incredible scripture I'm reminded of in Habakkuk. This is chapter 3, 17 and 18. and says, though the fig trees do not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. A breakdown of this passage in today's terms may be like for us. I'd make, you know, there are times when we go through financial hardships or situations where we have lack. And, and they're not always cattle in the stalls, as, as Habakkuk said, and fig trees budding. And they're not always sheep in the pen. But through it all, we can have joy because joy is only sustained through Christ Jesus. Absolutely. What I see there is a choice. Um, if you look at the end of that passage, it says, yet I will rejoice in God, my Savior. Um, if any of you have been around me for the last couple of weeks, you said, Portia, how are you? My answer has probably been something along the lines of, I'm choosing. I'm choosing to be present. I'm choosing to trust because Full disclosure, the last few weeks have not been happy. Not because, we're not fighting, we're fine. Don't worry, mom, mom and dad are fine. We love each other very much. But as Clinton mentioned, we had close friends that we prayed and believed God for healing because he is the healer because that is his name. And she is healed, but on the other side of eternity. Not very long after that, we had another friend that again, we rallied together and we're praying and believing and declaring, God, you're a healer. And he did not heal her on this side of eternity. And so if you pressed me and said, Portia, how are you? I might've continued and said, I'm disappointed and I'm tired. I know what God's word says, but I'm disappointed that he didn't answer the prayers that I that I thought he would. I thought I was praying the prayers that he would want me to pray. And I don't have a tidy bow for you or for myself tonight. But what I know is that God is God. And I will choose every day to trust him. Whether there are cattle in our stalls, whether we get good diagnosis from the doctor for ourselves or for the people that we love so much, I will choose to rejoice in God, my Savior, because he is God and sees the entire picture and knows what he's doing. I think that's the really funny thing. We sometimes forget God really does have a clue. He really does know what's up. And so sometimes I have to take a time out and sometimes that means that I'm quiet. That does happen. Where I stop and I reflect and I just say, God, you are God. I'm not feeling this, but you are God. I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow, but you are God. This feels awful, but you are good and you do only good. Sometimes we have to encourage ourselves in the Lord and tell ourselves what is true about God. 
Amen? So because we choose to rejoice in God, to, my I Savior. I want to jump in. This wasn't in yeah. our notes, but you, no, just, you just triggered a thought that a conversation I was literally having this morning, mm-hmm. but this is just a conversation, right? This is a conversation I yeah. was having with uh, a team member this morning that's studying medicine and in particular uh, psychology and physiology and, and probably five other ologies. But um, <laughs> he talked about, he reminded us of something that you probably, we've all known or read at some point in some blog or article. Or, but he talked about the power of the mind mm. and how powerful in particular the Bible talks about the power of the tongue. Yeah. And uh, too often... You know, I'm reminded of this because of Portia talking about the promises of God and speaking that out. And even when you don't always believe it, you, you know it. And I think that you unlock the supernatural when some, you know, sometimes you speak out. When your heart believes, I think that at the intersection of when your heart believes with your head knows, I think mm-hmm. you unlock something supernatural. That's good. Um, he talked about the power of your tongue, mm-hmm. for instance. Um, I use this example with the team. I think for years, I always said, I'm not a good test taker. I'm not a good student. And I would speak that out, and he would say the study shows that your brain carves out lanes yeah. for what you speak out, yeah. and then your body responds accordingly. Yeah. So I'm not capable of being loved. Well, your brain is carving out lanes yeah. And your body then, your posture shows that you are not capable of being loved. But he also said that you can reprogram your mind mm-hmm. by the power of your tongue. And I, I bring that back to you because you, I need, you need to finish your thought. Yeah. But it was, you reminded me of that when sometimes when we go through crappy seasons, and I say crappy on the microphone. You is already that a, said it. It's okay. Just keep going. Okay. It's, it's okay. The, um, when we go through these chunks of these seasons, these pockets, and even if we don't always believe it, mm-hmm. this is probably awful theology, but I think there's something to be said about going through the motions. Mm-hmm. Something to be said about exercising what you know to be true mm-hmm. until your heart believes it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really I think powerful. that's happened. How many of you, you, you don't have to raise your hand, but internally, it's church, it's time to go to church, and you don't feel like going to church. Not because you're sick, just life. You're just not feeling it, but you go. You go because you know this is a good thing. You know, like, just, just maybe you dare to hope that maybe you're going to encounter God that day. And when we push ourselves and we go, I'd be willing to say, I bet God met you exactly where you were. Even if you came in and you just sat. Because I think sometimes we think we have to do one, two, three, ABC when we come into God's presence. And he said, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. I like to say that God's really bad at hide and seek. As soon as we start to look for him, I'm here, here I am. Because he wants to be close to you. Paul tells us in Philippians 4.4, to rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. The Passion Translation says to be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow for you are united with the Holy One. You're united with the Anointed One. The Anointed One is Jesus. When we rejoice, when we say, God, I thank you that we are healthy. Sometimes that's where I start. God, I thank you that I woke up this morning. I thank you that our kids are healthy. I thank you that our marriage is intact. I thank you that we are a part of a Bible-believing community of believers that are gonna encourage us and push us on to pursue good works and holiness. I thank you that you are on your throne and that it's not me. 
And when you begin to do that and rejoice and thank the Lord, you know your feelings start to catch up to your circumstances? Your circumstances may not change, but your heart posture, and we heard it this morning from Pastor Drake, listen to that message, your perspective begins to change. We choose to rejoice. We choose to receive the joy that God has given to us. Right. So why can we have joy in all all seasons? Mm -hmm. Because God has given us joy. The very Christmas story in Luke chapter two um, tells us that through angels appearing to the shepherds, they say to the shepherds, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. So God sent his son. Mm-hmm. And then we can have joy in all seasons because God so loved the world in John three sixteen that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever believes in him can have eternal life and then joy everlasting. Yeah. So that's God sending his son and his son sacrificing his life for us. And then the Bible also lays out all the fruits of the spirit in Galatians 5, and one of those is joy. So we can have joy in all seasons because these scriptures remind us yeah. that God has sent his son, as we've just celebrated with the Christmas season. He sent his son so that whoever believes in him can be saved, and when you are saved, the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in us, and through the Spirit of God dwelling in you, you have access to joy, which is a fruit of the Spirit. Which is so good. We heard it from um, Marty and Connie tonight. They're going to share this joy. I think, I know that I am guilty of this, where it's so commonplace because I know that Jesus saved me. I know that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. I know that the Holy Spirit dwells in me. I think there is a reason why Paul says to Timothy, stir up the gift that is within you. Sometimes we have to stir ourselves up and remind ourselves that, wait a minute, Jesus came. What's that song? What if God was one of us? Just a slop. That one. Who sang that? That was Alanis Morissette. I don't think I don't that think was that a was Christian Alanis. artist. That was not Alanis. I don't know. That was uh, Sandy Patty. Darlene Check. I Louder. don't know. Louder. Okay, but the song is the point. <laughs> what if God were one of us, a slob She's totally like desecrated. all of us? The, 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 no, this is the point. Y'all, this is what the world is crying out right now. They're saying, God doesn't know what it's like to be me. Whoa. Y'all, we know that God knows what it's like to be us. He knows what it's like to be in a mess. He knows what it's like when everything is not moving the way that you thought it was supposed to because of somebody else. Y'all, from the time that he was a baby, people were trying to kill him. Our sons, when we were talking about the Christmas story, it's like they had their realization. It was like, ew, he was in a stable with animals. And I was like, yeah, it was dirty. And Jesus came. He knows what it's like to be one of us. We can have joy because he knows what it's like to be us. He was tempted in every way, just like us, but was without sin. So we can overcome our sin because he was fully man. Yes, I know he was God, but he did it through the power of the Holy Spirit that is available to us too. So I have to say to the believers in the room, it is time for us to overcome. It is time for us to take heart, like Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's take heart, brothers and sisters. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus, that can change before you leave this room tonight, because then you will have the access to this joy that we're talking about. It comes from relationship with Jesus, and we have to remind ourselves, when you wash your car, it does not stay clean. When you remind yourself of who God is, you're gonna forget again. 
So you remind yourself that God came. He's with us. He's for us. And he's given us his Holy Spirit so that we can have joy. I'm sorry. I went no, no, on a no, tangent. No, 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 girl. You better preach, girl. I mean. I'm telling you, boys, you got to marry up. You got to marry up. <laughs> Listen, as we, as we, um, we always want to leave you with, okay, what's an action step? What's, what's the takeaway? And, and, and what do we need to do about it? And, and I think that first, first and foremost, we need to recognize that joy, my wife alluded to this earlier, but we need to recognize that joy and happiness, mm-hmm. joy and happiness are not the same thing. Right. Um, happiness, as my wife mentioned earlier, happiness is based, is contingent on happening, happenings. And, 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 and feelings, God's given us all kinds of feelings. Happiness is one of them, but happiness is fleeting. Yeah. Happiness is situational. Yeah. But joy, that's deep. Joy, I believe, is deep and internal, and it's supernatural. Mm-hmm. It's supernatural to me, and one of the reminders that it's supernatural is in the Bible, in this verse, um, Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah 8, verse 10, and it's, this is one line, power-packed passage that says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah, Nehemiah was encouraging the people. Here's what was going on. Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem to rebuild the walls. The walls were built. They were having a day of celebration and they had the priests come and read the law to all of the people. When the people heard the law, they were convicted and cut to the heart because they realized we have not been doing what God wants us to do. So they were mourning before the Lord. And Nehemiah said, wait, this is a day of celebration. God is for you. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. Some of you, I think you need to be reminded tonight because I've had to remind myself, God has already built your wall, metaphor here. What is the wall that has been built? Today is a day for rejoicing because the joy of the Lord is your strength. We go on and look in uh, Psalms chapter 16, verse 14. You have made known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand, our pleasures forevermore. If you ever wonder why we make such a big deal about coming to church, it's because there is something powerful that happens when you come into a community of believers that are lifting up the name of Jesus. If your joy is fleeting, can I encourage you to get into the presence of God? Portia, but Clinton doesn't live at my house. Well, he lives at my house, but I still have to lead myself into God's presence because I stand before the Lord. You hear me? Just because I'm married to a worship pastor doesn't mean that I get a free pass in what I do in my regular day-to-day life. Whether you do it in your bathroom, in your bedroom, in your basement, in your sunroom, in your car, wherever you are, if you will take the time to say, God, I invite you into my space right now and I worship you because you are God. He is everywhere present. But when we begin to invite him into our space, he begins to be manifest. And you will find at the end of that time, my joy is full. I can do this day. I can do this next thing because I have gone into God's presence. And it only takes a moment. When you're in that meeting, take a break, step out of the meeting. God, I worship you. And I thank you that you already have the solution. Invade this space. Walk back in and bring heaven to earth. Come on. Yeah. That's 
do that. This is what we want to leave you with as we, as we wrap this up. Uh, in the South, I, I, man, my ADD, my, I'm like laughing at preach. We come from the South, and like when we hear a preacher say, like, we're going to wrap this up. That was only the first wrap up. It was like <laughs> three more usually, but for real. <laughs> as we bring this, to, yeah, Ann's already out, so we got to wrap this up. As we bring this to a close, if you've heard nothing else that we've said tonight, know, know this, that because of Jesus, we can have joy in all seasons. So don't put joy on a, cell, on a shelf, but keep joy with you always. Regardless of your circumstances, joy is available to you. I said it earlier, but because God sent his son, Jesus, to earth, because that son gave his life for us, and then we have access to the Holy Spirit, we carry the fruit of the Spirit, which is joy, or one of the fruits of the Spirit, which is joy. We can find joy in every season, through any season, through any circumstance or situation we find ourselves in, we can find joy. Because thankfully, it's not contingent on us and our feeling and our posture or it's predicated on what we do or what we say or how much money we make or how much we don't make or what relationship we have or don't have. It's found in only Jesus. And I think that's liberating because we don't do the work or the job description of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit's job to to give us joy. And we can find that joy through all seasons. You believe us when we tell you that? That you can have joy in any and all seasons. So let's have joy year-round, not just the Christmas season. Let's have joy year-round. My wife is going to pray over us, and then we're going to get you guys out of here. We love you so much. Father, we thank you that your presence is here. We thank you that you are true to your word. God, I know that in a room this size, that there are brothers and sisters and friends that are struggling tonight. God, and I ask that you would restore the joy of our salvation. God, you, you tell us that. David prayed that after walking through a really, really dark season and confessing his sin. He said, God, return to me the joy of my salvation. So God, in all the busyness and all the things that we think that we should do and all the places where we feel like that we failed, God, we lay all of that down and ask that you would restore the joy of our salvation because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. God, that is the joy that we look forward to, that regardless of what we face day in and day out, we have eternity with you. And not only eternity with you, we have now with you because your name is Emmanuel, God with us. So we receive your joy today, regardless of our circumstances. We say that we will rejoice in God, our Savior, because you are God and we are not. And we know that we can trust you because you are good. You are faithful. You are present. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for the joy, the marker in our year to remember what you have done for us. And we commit to carry it with us into 2020 and beyond. 
In Jesus' most precious and holy name we pray.